The following program contains mature themes that may offend you and challenge you. As a result, you may paint an innumerable amount of Bristol boards, piss, and exhale fire, call for the host to be disemboweled in the village square, push for suppression, compelled speech, and an infinite number of deplatformings. Other listeners may experience the urge to laugh as we all hurl towards Armageddon, tolerate diversity of thought, control their childlike emotional impulses, stop taking everyone and everything so seriously. But either way, listener discretion is advised. This is Unmentionable, an unhealthy dose of realism with your host, Jordan Power. Welcome to another week of Unmentionable Podcast. I am Jordan Power. This is my producer, Shivam. We are available every week on all audio players. If you'd like to watch this show every week, patreon.com slash unmentionablepodcast. There is also 80 to 90 hours of bonus content on there. I am exhausted. I just got back from the Eileen Davila exhibit uh, at the Fort York Community Center. It was incredible. Really? It was absolutely, people were crying. Oh, shit. I didn't, it was yeah. It was an emotional time because I... Was it crowded? Yeah, it was, well... Half the city was dead probably. Most people were at the Teresa Tam glory hole, which I thought was... <laughs> Which I thought was weird. Right. It was weird. Yeah. To be you know, something sponsored by the government. Yeah. <laughs> I spent most of my time at the Sylvia Jones glory hole. <laughs> but the Teresa Tam glory hole yeah. was very popular. <laughs> did you now that's obviously a joke, but my friend's mom did send me this. It is basically <coughs> we should put this up on the show. If you're watching on Patreon or if this week's on Spotify, I don't know. I'm away right now, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Mexico. But um, my friend's mom did send me this, and it says, Teresa Tam is Tan Yogshi, Satanic World Order. And someone has photoshopped a photo of Teresa Tam to basically give her a shorter haircut and a bigger chin. And Whoa. I don't know. I don't know about you, Shivam, but uh, this isn't that convincing to me. <laughs> it's literally Teresa Tam what with a different fuck? they just positioned her face down <laughs> cut her hair and maybe gave her a month of testosterone <laughs> and this is a CCP acid I guess I guess they've infiltrated the government <laughs> this is the thing with the cons- I always say this with the conspiracy people is like they don't know when to pump the brakes because you spend enough time on Twitter, the algorithm will just keep s- give sending you crazy and crazier stuff. Like even some of the like conspiracy stuff I follow, all of a sudden I'll just get like randomly things fed to me that are just so far out there. Like you know, uh, Chrissy Teigen and her husband like barbecuing babies for dinner. Like it, they just don't know when to wow. stop. Yeah, even my mom who's like she spends time on Twitter, but. Are you going to give me COVID before my trip? No. Because you've been coughing a lot today. I know. It's weird. I, I wasn't coughing like in the morning or anything. I just, it's just this room. I was going to ask you, actually, like, are you okay? I haven't coughed. You're the one that's coughing. I know, but... I like, won't be okay in 24 hours when I start to... But you don't take ivermectin. <laughs> Controversial. But anyways, my mom was saying that on yeah. her Twitter, she was... you know, she we were, I was at her house having dinner, right? And we're sitting around, and she's like... Uh, you know, it's probably like... 
8 p.m. And she's sitting there. And she's like, I, I got to go. I got to. OK, I don't mean to kick you out, but like, I got to go to bed. I'm, I'm really tired. Um, you know, she's like, I was up at five this morning and I and, she, and she's like, I just couldn't sleep. And, um, you know, she's burdened with the fact that she's somewhat awake to the environment of the world and she can internalize a, a, a part of that naturally. We all can. And uh, she's like, yeah, you know, I can't I can't sleep. And uh, so we're cleaning up the dishes and we're trying to get things to eat together so that I can leave and she can go to bed early. And um, as we're doing that, she's talking to me about her week on Twitter and the things that she's been served, the kind of content that she's been served. In. And she's telling me, she said, you know, Twitter's just been crazy so week, this week. I just keep seeing these videos and she's describing uh, different videos that she's watching of people getting shot. So I don't know if you've seen some of these on Twitter, but it'll be like a guy's working at a cell phone store and another girl will walk in or sorry, this girl was working at a cell phone store. A guy walked in, threatened her. She kind of mouthed back to him and then he grabbed his gun and smacked her across the face unconscious. And then another one, um, a guy in a store was threatening the clerk and then pulled out a gun and the guy put his hands in the air like, whoa, whoa, buddy, like, I'll give you whatever you want. And then another guy in the store shot him in the head. So that guy was, you know, America packing, shot him in the head. And then another one she told me about was uh, an undercover cop on the street. And she's giving me like details. And I'm sitting there like, Jesus Christ. And another a cop was walking on the street. A guy came up behind her, put his arm around her neck and started threatening her like give me your fucking purse and all this stuff and she said to him out loud if you don't let go of me i'm gonna kill you and then he sort of like was fighting her to the ground and they're wrestling and she pulls out a gun out of her pocket and shot him in the head because she was an undercover cop just full-on shot him in the head so she's telling me this and this goes on like 15 20 minutes she's giving me all the details and i looked at her and i was like i started laughing and she's like why are you laughing i was like I can't sleep, but I've spent I spent my week, you know, watching people get murdered on Twitter. You know, I have some insomnia. I don't know if it's perhaps the videos I've been watching of people meeting their maker in their final in their final moments, coming to coming to greet Jesus on Twitter. But I looked at her and I was like, perhaps there's a correlation there between the fact that you're watching people get murdered. On Twitter, and she's like, "Well, it they just keep coming up on my feeds." I said, "Yeah, because the more you watch, the more Twitter's algorithm, algorithm is like yeah. this bitch loves murder, so yeah. it just keeps feeding her the murder." Yeah, and I was like, yeah. "You got to block the accounts." Yeah. <laughs> and she looks at me, and I was like, "I, why don't we do an experiment this week where you don't watch people getting murdered and see how you sleep? <laughs> because before that, you were sleeping fine. This is the variable that's been added into the mix: is easy access to people's death videos." Bro, <laughs> but it's so common. Like all of my female friends are watching true crime and like all. Yeah, all women. What is it? Women love getting murdered. I don't know, bro. Like, and they find it so peaceful too. Maybe it's that they're in contr- in those situations. <laughs> I'm, my trips are mm. in there's in those situations. Perhaps it, they know how the story's going to go, and they feel somewhat in control watching it. Versus they know in the real world. That that's like a real thing to them. They're trying to make some sort of peace with it. Oh no! One of my friends. I think that's what it one is. One of my friends told me like the uh, the psychology of women, and she said like I'm not <coughs> sorry, I'm not speaking for all women. I'm like going back. I'm just like six feet. Get away. the ivermectin. It's under my sink. <laughs> Bro, like, don't you write me an email saying it doesn't work? You brainwashed idiots. <laughs> okay, but she said like uh, the circulars are 
attractive because they're bad boys. Right, so right, so that is true. Yeah, I was actually watching a YouTube video about that. Why women are attracted to that? They call it the dark triad traits. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and it's basically like qualities that bad dudes have. Yeah, and there's a reason why women are attracted to that. Cool. I was also learning that when men sleep with women that are like, you know, they don't want to marry, so they'll like cheat on their wives with some like slutty girl it's built into their wiring because the whole thing is that like men want to continue to grow the species and propagate. And, um, so they see that girl as like, Oh, she's just a lay while my wife's busy or something like that. And they're drawn to her, but they don't ever want to marry her and have kids with her. She's just like a temporary way to keep the species going. And then also learn that once a woman has a baby, there are certain hormones that are released and something that the man picks up on where his body goes, Okay, we're done here. We've created more life. You got to keep creating more life. Mm. You got to keep, you got to go out. So it's like after your wife has the baby, there's a moment where the man's body is also telling him to go fuck another woman. If this is true, that moment, if this is true, do you as a gay man feel weird okay. hormones? <laughs> no, for real. Look, I, like actually, that's a question. <coughs> Bro, I'm, I have no idea how this started. Like this wasn't, like I wasn't coughing. Two hours ago. At McDonald's, when people are working there and doing that job, they can just cough on the food? Bro, <laughs> coughing on the side. Because that's where you're going to be if you no. continue to ruin my trip. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to pay Johnny's face and brown face and bring him back to the show. <laughs> that evangelical Christian man. <clears throat> bro, I think it's the... Jesus it's the Christ. Dust. It's the dust, bro. I it's not the dust. Side. No, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, but yeah, like, do you feel like weird emotions? Because you're not getting those hormones at all because you're not impregnating anyone. Or will, you know, like guys don't get pregnant unless... I think it's because it's two guys. It's just the dynamics different. Mm. I think that's just what it is. The dynamics is different. I, I don't... It's not better. The dynamics <laughs> is different. It's just... It's a different dynamic. It, it, it's it's why make, I can identify th- with women who are like, I feel so much pressure. I got divorced at 43 and I feel so much pressure to be like, do a cosmetic procedure or lose mm-hmm. weight or look good. It's because they know that deep down that's what they're valued for in a lot of ways by men. And similarly, because I date men and I know that I need to look a certain way because men are visual creatures. So in in that sense, when I talk to women about the expectations on women in society, I can understand what they're going through because I understand what it's like to feel that pressure that if I don't look a certain way, that like one of the main drivers for men towards me, which is visual, Mm. um, I'll be at a huge disadvantage in the dating pool. Not just finding a partner, but like sexually. So there's a really good article called Why Don't Gay Men Get Fat? Um, Because it's kind of an argument that's really interesting in society. You know, people say, I can't lose weight because of X, Y, Z. And what we learned in that microbiome episode actually is that it's not just food in, food out. It largely is food in, food out. As someone right here who's lost weight, you realize that, you know, once I was more disciplined and stopped coming up with excuses, Mm -hmm. it's just what it is. But um, why in this subgroup is the prevalence of obesity so much lower than other subgroups in the population? So it's like, why can gay men keep their weight at a reasonable level compared to, say, I don't know, straight men or certain other subgroups in society? And the answer is because deep down 
they feel that they're unlovable and they feel that the only way that they will be largely valued is for how they look and so and they don't want to die alone and so they have this natural impetus and drive to take care of their bodies in a certain way whether that's in a healthy way or an unhealthy way because they know what's what's expected of them so in some ways it's an argument for people who say like i can't lose weight in society it's like well when this group of people through messaging was able to do it then then why weren't you and you know that messaging's negative and the way that some of those gay men do it is is bad steroids other things like that but at the end of the day you're fed a certain message particularly in metropolitan cities as a gay man you're you're fed a certain message from a young age and i for me i would say that was probably around 23 that i just knew that if i was to compete in the arena that part of my life was that i would be working out and it wasn't optional and i would be dieting and that's the same thing for all my gay male friends it's just like in the cards that you have a gym membership and you have a routine and you stick to it and they are able to stay at a reasonable weight so you know, you might go into a gay bar and say like 15% of the guys are overweight, but you go outside in the general public and walk around and 25% of the population is overweight, let's say, or it's probably a bit higher, 35, let's say 40, but 45, <laughs> we all have different definitions <laughs> of what's overweight, but yeah. it, it, it kind of is an argument for like, well, when the pressure's there, and you know that you can eat certain things and you have to do the gym and that's just part of who you are, that it does work. Yeah. But what's behind that in that article, why don't gay, gay men get fat is a lot of sadness is that I keep this up because I d believe I'm unlovable and I don't want to die alone. And I believe that I'm valued for the way I look solely. And it's it's I don't personally feel that at this stage of my life, but I know there's a huge part of what drives others to you is like it's kind of like the leg lengthening surgery. It's like it sounds crazy, but deep down at its core, when those guys say I couldn't earn as much money and I didn't have as much respect when I was shorter, that's actually backed up by science. There are studies showing that shorter people have a harder time you know, climbing the corporate ladder, earning more income and stuff like that. Their dating prospects are lower. You see girls on their Tinder, minimum five, nine. So I think these guys at this clinic and these patients at this clinic are going like, well, this is kind of just the reality of the world. And to what extent do I want to participate in this? And, you know, that's just, it's like women in Hollywood are like, I got to get a facelift at 45. Well, you could just be like, fuck that, fuck beauty standards. I'm not going to play this game, but you also want to keep working. And getting older in the entertainment business is associated with like a level of extinction. So it's like when you look at Cher and Madonna and you're like, geez, those, these, these bitches have had like all these surgeries on their face. It's because deep down they know that to survive in their arena, they have to kind of play this game, uh, which is, which is sad to a degree, but you know, is it is it divorced from reality when you go on an interview of Cher and ninety percent of the comments in about her are about her appearance? And so it's like, is she crazy for then picking up on those social cues and playing that specific game? I don't know. Some people would say fuck that, but then also their work starts drying up 
and acting might be what they love or music might be what they love what they love and and for women it's harder definitely you know you have like Mick Jagger on stage at like 72 you know he's a legend and almost no one is commenting on the state of his face the loss of elasticity in his mm -hmm. face and the volume but uh, if Madonna starts going even just a little bit off the rails physically, people comment on it. And that just shows you how women are largely, not totally, but largely valued for how they look in society. And I can identify with that as a gay guy. So it's like, it's like anything. It's like playing the game. How much are you willing to play the game? What are you willing to do to play the game? And, and for someone like Madonna, you know, her maniacal focus to succeed is really how she got to be one of the biggest musicians, artists of all time. I think she's the biggest selling female artist of all time. But it cuts both ways. And that's why you see her now still trying to compete at 66. And she still has that element in her, which is why she's willing to go on the operating room every eight months or 12 months, whatever she's doing, because she still has that drive to succeed. So it's like what got her there is still there. Um, but it, but at this point, it's getting, it's sick. Yeah, there's a sickness to her. There's a malignant narcissism, but there's a real sickness. Same with the Kardashians, to people who really just are continuing to mutilate. The word is mutilate their bodies over and over and over uh, to compete in society. And then you look at people like Tina Turner, who go like. I'm a legend. I'm done at 70. I'm moving to Europe. And I'm secure in what I've achieved. And I don't need to play this game. I don't need to play in the arena anymore. And I don't need to cut my face apart and stitches and infections and all the things that come with that to try and keep up with the, the young people. I'm happy that I had my time. And that's a very healthy mentality. It's like I had my time and maybe I'll do a couple shows here and there, but I'm not trying to be the young, hot pop star. But you look at people like Madonna and Sharon, it's like they go like, no, I'm, I'm still going to be in the game. Relevant. And I don't know if I really blame them that much, because yeah. if you love something so much and that's why they got to where they got, then how can you really look at them and go like, well, um, I can't believe you're doing all these things to yourself. And it's like what well, they're saying, this is the greatest high I've ever known and I don't want the party to end. So you can understand how they keep it going, and how certain gay men will keep it going and abuse the steroids and keep playing the game it, it's just that's what the whole thing is it's just like how much do you want to play the game and how long do you want to play the game for the game doesn't really change i mean you know you hear so many women talk about how they're valued for how they look and and that's true but also how they value men is they won't stop. They don't stop making fun of him if he's short and if he doesn't make a lot of money. They, they you, you see it on Tinder. You see all these like dating shows and stuff like that. And so it's like you created the conditions for the guy to pick up on those social signals and go to Istanbul and break his legs and be bedridden for three months. You created the expectations. So are you really shocked that he took it to the extent of doing what he did? He just wanted a better life. And for some people, that sounds crazy. But, you know, for the guest, it didn't sound crazy because he knew that if I do this, I get this. 
and this is very important to me, so I just need to move from point A to point B, and I don't really care what comes between. Likewise with the Madonna. I know I need to, like, cut my face apart and stitch it in extreme pain and, you know, infections, antibiotics, opiates, time off work, time away from my kids, time healing. Um, but I need to get, I really need to get to point B. Right. And I think that's the definition between, you could extend that to, you know, corporate life, uh, the people that run the world, is that, like, they did what they needed to do with the conditions that were set for them, meaning these people in Washington, D.C., it's like, it's pretty much set the system that, like, you go in there, it's a kleptocracy, you work for your donors, you try to enrich yourself, like Nancy Pelosi, and you're not really going to change the conditions. So they are just like, I have to do what I have to do to compete in this arena. Um, you go into Bay Street, you're a really good person, you don't really have sociopathic tendencies, but you know that for you to be able to buy that house you really want with your wife and to compete in the arena, you need to start to get a little loose with the morals. And you wake up one day and you can't believe how far you've gone, how, like, how many parts of you that you've abandoned. But I don't try to blame those people so much in a way because it's like the conditions are set. That's why you're seeing right now on um, what ha what has happened. I, you sent me an, uh, a video about this, but it's also what we're seeing on a lot of YouTube now is that like because of social media, women, women have this like really exaggerated, have really exaggerated expectations around what kind of men there are out there because they're being fed the guy who's six foot one. You know, he's got a drop shipping business. He's in Dubai. <laughs> And you're having women go after, the vast majority of women are going after this 10% of men. And it's great for those guys. They're getting fucking late. But the average guy is discarded. The average guy is just, you know, he's, he's still your average guy. But to women, because their expectations have been so fucked up from social media, he looks like even more of a loser compared to the guys that are living this life. But those guys are really the 1%. Mm. So I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is but like I think in these situations with the Madonna I think with the leg lengthening and stuff like that it is just like the conditions haven't really changed. You can try to tell people that 300 pounds is sexy and healthy. But deep down we all know that it's not something we desire. And you know that because almost every single person you know is in doing some sort, of, some sort of dieting over their lifetime. Because part of you knows that, like, we can pretend, we can do all this woke shit, we can do the blog, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know that the more weight you gain, the amount of people that are going to be attracted to you is going to shrink. And I always talk to you about maximizing your outcomes. You know, you and I, you and I are never mm -hmm. going to be Brad Pitt. Uh, you know, height wise, <laughs> height wise, you know, financially stuff like that. Yeah. We're never going to be Brad Pitt, but we can maximize our outcomes in terms of dieting, going to the gym, right. eating well, dressing well, presenting ourselves a certain way, uh, you know, being funny, yeah. bringing a knowledge base to people on say a date where they're like, wow, this guy can really teach me a lot. He could bring a lot to my life. You can maximize your outcomes. And I think that's what people do. Don't you think the most healthy and the best thing 
to do would be just lower your expectations. Are you talking about me personally? No, the society. Like if if the world has created a situation wh- <coughs> where only six foot people are like, wow, cool. Oh my God, I want to date guy. Just lower your expectations to like, yeah, I would date a five foot. Three. Yeah, but I agree with you. But the distortion <laughs> is that the algorithm algorithm is feeding them things that aren't commensurate with realistically realistic expectations. Meaning like before social media, their expectations were the guys that they met at parties that they saw on the street. Uh, that's what they saw. But now you're getting fed through the algorithm this idea of like, wow, men are really doing great. I see all these guys online that are good looking and they got all this money and success, but it's not, it's completely distorted. Mm. It's not representative of your average guy. Your average guy is getting looked over by women, especially younger women, because if I'm hot in 23, I can end up on a yacht in Dubai. That's not but something that, a 23 that year old. That also happen in like schools, right? Like when I was a kid, we didn't have internet. Like, girls would see the tallest guy and then compare everyone to that guy. I think it's different when you start to look for a mate in your 20s. Right? Right. That's different than than the guy you want to make out with behind the school. Mm. You know? Um, so I think that's why you see with the short guys, like we just talked about, it's like something in the woman's body is going like, um, I need the best genetics to be passed on to my kid. It's like why guys love uh, girls with big boobs because it also sends the signal in their head that she's uh, fertile and she can provide for their kids. It's also why when they do plastic surgery on your face, largely what they're trying to do is restore symmetry Mm. because our body, why we're attracted to symmetrical people is that Mm. our genes go like, oh, this person is great to pass on genes. They're great to mate with. So you're Mm. actually attracted to someone more about, it's more about your offspring and keeping human life going, you think it's just that like she's like a cute girl, but your brain's going, you're like, oh, she'd also be a great mother for me. Even if you don't want kids, your brain is going like, her face is symmetrical, she's got good genes. It's also why when you uh, put eye drops in your eyes and you get rid of the redness, uh, people are much more attracted to because a white eye uh, is symbolic of a person who's very healthy. So if your eyes are very white, the person looks at you when they're talking to you and you're like, oh, this is a person who takes care of themselves and it sends them a a signal, you know, subconsciously they pick it up that this person is a good person to mate with. They're healthy. It's also why you have that kind of like visceral reaction when you see a morbidly obese person. You you kind of just, you kind of just like, oof, because your body's going like not a good option to mate with. This is unhealthy. In the same way, when you see a girl who's 85 pounds, your body goes, oof. So that's largely what's what's fueling it. Even if you don't want kids, it's largely fueling it as like DNA mixing and creating a child. Is this a good person to mate with? It's makes fascinating. Sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of people I would like to mate with. I'm kind of fucked when I go to San Diego because then, like, there's like a lot of Arabic guys in San Diego. The non, dude, it's like eighty percent white. What do you like Mexicans? In what sense? Gay sense. I mean, like, I haven't dated a Mexican. No. Oh, you don't. You're not attracted to Mexican that much, as much as you are. No, I'm. I'm. I'm exclusively attracted to Arabic men. Almost uh-huh. exclusively attracted to Arabic men. Do you want to go to Istanbul instead? I've already been. <laughs> and you didn't like it? Uh, I went with a female friend and uh, 
That's the problem, right? I would say the men uh, weren't respectful. That's that's a green flag. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I said to her, I looked at her and I was like, I want to be subjugated too. <laughs> like she's complaining about it and I'm like, I want to be a little subjugated. It'd be nice. By Sadat. <laughs> Can't wait till he hears this. He's gonna be, he's gonna be very confused. <laughs> Bro, I'm willing to break my legs for him. Yeah, that's the way I think that he expresses love for his partner. He seemed that's what it seemed like with his wife. He will. Yeah. Okay. LiveLifeTaller.com. Check it out if you're interested in going to their clinic in Istanbul, where you can rehabilitate for months on end. They have different options for surgery. You can do your t- tibia, you can do your femur, you can do them both at the same time. If this is something that you would like to pursue, no judgment there. LiveLifeTaller.com. Here's part two. How do you tell your family that you're doing this in the beginning? Uh, when I was my mom, unfortunately, she's dying in 2016 and heart attack. My mom, uh, she was really young, 44 years old, unfortunately. But my dad, when I was talking to my dad, he said, My son, you have to go to a psychologist doctor because you are not normal. So, uh, you are married, you know, you don't have any problem in your life. What's going on in your life? <laughs> but after that, uh, he was really angry to me and also he not supported me in my first surgery. And then after two weeks of my surgery, I, I called him and said that I need your, uh, you know, your support mentally because I did the surgery. And he was coming and he visited me in Istanbul. So he was not happy, but after he seen me, I get taller. So and some friends of him say, well, said that it looks good. This is really, uh, really, really interesting because he supported me for my second and he said, do the third surgery. (laughs) Yeah, he was the person he said, do the third surgery, yeah. So you're not going to do anymore, I assume you're good? It's enough, it's enough. I mean, I'm really happy because unfortunately for one and a half years, I had an accident, an Istanbul car accident. I broke my feet, my arm and my, uh, almost my hip uh, ankle. So, and yeah, I was a lot of pain and after my lengthening surgeries, by the way. So then I decided to stop the lengthening surgery. That's wild. Is there anyone you guys turn away? Like someone comes in and they're six foot one, they're trying to get to six, three. Do you guys turn them away? Uh, We had a patient, uh, he was, we did the surgery, yeah, from Finland. I cannot say the name, by the way, because of the privacy. Boring. He worked normally to, to do the upper legs and lower legs 18 centimeter. So 18, okay? And we did the surgery. Everything is perfect. The ball king pain, but he said, Sarah, I have to remove the fixator. And he reached just 2.8 centimeter. So, and I told him, why? Yeah, because I, you know, I use some antidepressiva and I'm not normal. I'm thinking different. And this is too much for my more my body and everything but you you are good yes he said i feel good everything is fine but it's too much for my brain and uh, i have to remove that and he just removed uh, and we removed that 2.7 or 2.8 i guess i'm not sure yet but we removed the fixator unfortunately and he goes away wow do women do this and because i saw a woman on, i saw a woman on your instagram do women do this a lot of a lot of 
You know, the problem is <laughs> nobody, I mean, none of the uh, women uh, want to make a video because when you ask women, ah, oh, you did some nose, no, everything is natural. You know what I mean? Because of that, nobody allowed us to do a video with women, but we have a lot of, lot of, lot of uh, women, a lot of women. Why do they Tomorrow, we have, we have a case, interesting case from Australia. Uh, she is uh, during process, I mean, during the lanterning on the femur, she reached five centimeters with the MRN. And tomorrow we will do the lanterning on the humerus on the arms at the same time, arms and legs. Is she trying to be a model or what? Because I understand men are valued so much for their height, but it doesn't seem like a lot of, from a dating perspective, it doesn't feel like a lot of women are rejected because they're too short. Yeah, we have some stories. Uh, for example, one of them, some of them is judge. Uh, because of that, uh, she said, for example, a patient, female patient, well, judge, and she said, I need more respect and I need uh, more confidence. Uh, another, uh, some, some, some women say, my husband is taller than me. It makes me crazy and uh, I feel not confident and I lose my self-confidence. This kind of cases, I mean, really different. Some, some women say it was my dream. And, and then, by the way, we do also many lip shortening cases for women. We also make shortening, not only lengthening, also shortening. <laughs> How much does that cost? So you're basically... <laughs> I, will, I will explain you uh, interesting use the diagram. Story. I like when you use the diagram. Can you use the diagram to show me how you shorten them? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we can do with one surgery, by the way, five to six centimeters shortening. During surgery, we cut the bones five to six centimeter, approximately like that. Yes, this is five centimeter. So, and we connected the bones to each other. I have a funny story. I had a, had a uh, beautiful uh, woman. Uh, she was from Canada. Ooh. Canada as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And terrible country. Her height, her height was 164. And she said her dream is to be get a chondroplasia. 143. Can you measure it? Why? Yeah. Are these people psychologically was, screened before they come to you? Like, do you guys put them through a psychologist? Because this sounds crazy. They're just Canadian. If I, if, 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 if I, if I do that, uh, I will have a problem with the patients because the patient will say what you want to try to say to me, you know. But, uh, you know, I, I, when I have the patient here, the consultation, the first consultation, and when I'm talking to him, so then I can understand, uh, thanks to my experience, I can understand what's going on. And if the patient is not normal, I will tell him, you know what, I need uh, some reports of your doctor, then I can decide it. By the way, I cancel more surgeries than I accept, by the way. What re what's because, the reasoning for that? The card doesn't go through? Uh, <laughs> first of all, to do the surgery, uh, some people think, okay, I have the money, I can do it. No. Uh, the, the patient have to be also health, uh, I mean, for example, diabetic, uh, which patient cannot control it, or cancer, or uh, some other problems, some chronic problems, uh, this kind of things. We cannot do the surgery uh, because the patient must be healthy also at the same time. Or when I say, for example, uh, when I ask patient, why do you want the surgery? I had a patient from Germany, I asked him, why do you want the surgery? What's the reason for that? And he said, Oh, can you give me five minutes? Then he go outside and came back. Yeah, because, you know, 
when I was download Tinder application, okay, and I was texting to a girl and she said 180, it's okay, with 180 you can text me again. And I said to him, you know what, bro, please, uh, first we'll go to doctor, maybe the doctor can help you, but uh, the limb-landing surgery can never help you because the 10 centimeter will never change your life. Yeah, I, well, do you have people that come to you and say, I thought my life would change a lot more after this surgery? Yes, for example, uh, the patient is coming after one year, of course, for nail removal, or we have patients because we are really three-month family here. We, we see each other every day, so I, they just visit us. And some some people said, uh, I have more confidence now. I have so many. I had so many girlfriends after my lentilic surgery. Some patients uh, get married, um, and that makes me really happy. Some patients' uh, carriers changing. For example, Japanese patients. This is really uh, interesting. If the if the Japanese people is tall, uh, they get earn uh, they they earn more money. By the way, the salary is uh, higher than a short uh, short uh, people. Well, that's, this is that's really for everyone. I mean, the studies show that the taller you are, the more money you earn. So there is something to this. It's yeah, that's true, by the way. But Japanese is a little bit more. So I had a female patient, I mean, woman from Japan. She was really, she said, I'm always in my home because I cannot go outside. I feel not, uh, I feel not good because of my height. I lose totally my self-confidence because of that. I don't have friends. So, and we did the femur, I mean, the upper legs. And uh, she came here with a boyfriend. And she says, my first boyfriend, she's 27. Can you imagine that? My first boyfriend, I, I, I showed... I was shocked the boyfriend was 195 okay <laughs> and you know i mean really tall so and she said now i can go shopping and everybody uh, is respecting me and uh, some people say oh my god you are so tall and this kind of things it makes me so happy because you know also the messages uh, from patient thank to you i changed my life and and, and it makes me really happy at the end, it's my business, but uh, believe me, if you can change a life, uh, I can really not imagine, you cannot imagine that I cannot explain my feelings, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So the, so is there a limit at how much you can add in terms of centimeters? Like at, what, at, at a certain point, what is the upper limit of the max you can add? For shortening, you ask, right? No, even the other direction. If I say I'm five yeah. foot five and I want to get to six foot five, adding a full foot, is that possible? So the thing is, uh, in medicine, we can never say 0%, we can also never say 100%. So, and the most important thing here to know is everybody's different. So, and uh, some surgeon says 8 centimeter, for example, for the upper legs, 6 centimeter for the lower legs is uh, enough. This is the safe green zone. Uh, to be honest, this is not the safe zone because I'm a patient. I know exactly uh, how is the feeling. Uh, the safe zone is the patient's health. Uh, patient body, patient muscle, uh, this kind of lengthening size or centimeter we decided during lengthening. So when uh, we check how is the bone healing during lengthening of the patient, how is the muscle flexibility, the tendon nerves. So is everything uh, goes well? So we can do nine or 10, but more than 10 centimeters for the upper legs, uh, it's a little bit uh, big. I mean, uh, it's a little bit big problem for the soft tissues because this is too much for the tendons, for the nerves and for the muscles. So we never recommend to go more than ten. Yeah. So so at this at this upper limit, or even adding only a few inches, do people have problems then with physical activity as they get older? Say they're playing some sort of sport, 
something that's quite strenuous? Do they run into complications in that area? The first limb dentating surgery in the history was uh, uh, for 150 years ago, by the way. So it's not a new story or not, not a new surgery. Uh, but the thing here is, uh, this is the reason why we have the rehabilitation center. The patient, the, the limb dentating surgery is not a problem, by the way. Of course, we need a successful surgery for uh, the knowledge and the experience of the surgeon. But the most important thing is the care. Uh, this is the reason why we provide everyday physiotherapy for the patients, because we have to adapt the tendons and the new bone size. Uh, from the bone view, I mean, the bone, by the way, this is a therapy, a healthy therapy, some detox for the bone, because when you broke the bone, the new bone will be get more harder and stable than the current bone, according to scientists as well. So um, the bone loves to get to broke. Because when you broke the bone, uh, the bone will be get more stable and harder. So this is not a problem. Just the most important thing to avoid some restrictions or problems for the future is to do the daily uh, adapting with the physiotherapy. Use some uh, important technologies for the, uh, for the physiotherapy, uh, for the limb dentating surgery especially. And uh, when you do that, when you provide the patient a right uh, therapy, and the medication management, and at the same time, the nutrition. No, even the patient has benefits for the future because of the longer legs. The walking capacity will be better, sprint, jump, and everything will be better than before. Is there anyone you turn away? Like if I come in and I'm 85 years old, my bones are basically almost dust. Would you turn me away? Um, so we had a patient, she was 64 from Spain. So the most important thing is not the age, by the way. So the most important thing here is the health of the patient. For example, uh, just a simple, simple, uh, uh, example today, we had a, two last appointments, one of them from Germany, he's 19, he was born in 99, very young. He never smoked, he eat very healthy, bone healing was bad. I had a patient from Germany as well. He was 40 years old. He reached 10.5 centimeter and he was smoking one package a day. It was a crazy bone healing. The most important thing here is the genetic and also uh, not the age. Uh, age doesn't matter, by the way. We had patients 30, we had patients 64, our oldest patient. The most important thing is your health. If you're a healthy guy, we can do this with you. Also, we're doing bone density tests. We check the bone and everything. According to that, we will decide it. This is crazy. Is it? I mean, yeah. yeah. Are you guys gonna do cocks next? Would you do your cock? Uh, I'm sorry. Would you lengthen your penis if you could? <laughs> so, I mean, uh, penis lengthening is also possible, but uh, plastic surgeons they do that. We are just orthopedic. Uh, we're doing just bone. Uh, femur, upper legs, lower legs, and arms length, arm lengthening, and also shortening. Do they use point. do they use similar technology to what you were saying with the with the device the lengthening device Magnus. on the dick? Um, I'm asking for my ex, not me. Yeah, I I, 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 I don't know to be honest. Okay, well, I, I didn't yeah. think you would. I'm we, just... have, we, have, we have to ask the question to uh, to the plastic surgeons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> not for me though. I'm yeah. good. Well, uh, this but is maybe maybe I will open for the future 
you know, our company name is Lead Life Total LLT, maybe, you know, uh, DLT. <laughs> it seems like a natural progression. You've got, you've already got the rehab clinic. You've already got the brand. Just, just do the, just use the same technology in the dicks. It's but not the technology is the problem. The physiotherapy is the problem first. Just get some people out there, jerk them off every day. It'll be and, fun. And it's a real I business. Just, I just try to, I just try to imagine the before after picture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, if your son came to you when he was older and he was like, dad, I want to be taller. Uh, you did the surgery. Yeah. Would you allow him? Um, I mean, if something has happened because of the surgery. No, no. If your son came to you, you said you had a son, right? If your yeah, son yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Dad, I, I want to be taller, uh, you did the surgery. Yeah. Can I get the surgery? Would yeah. you say yes to him? I definitely support him because I told my wife as well. So when my son is 170 or 175, so I will sign for him. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I definitely want to support him. Oh, jeez. Yes, yes. That's, it's wow. tough. It's, it's, uh, how, how often do you have people come back to you and say, I regret this and this entire surgery. It was a bad idea. Like what is the percentage yeah. of them? I mean, uh, so first of all, uh, I'm talking with the patient via WhatsApp and I'm asking what is your, what is your goal and about the medical background, of course. So then, uh, after, uh, some um, texts and, you know, and uh, some share some information, uh, when he decided for the surgery, we will check our schedule, and after that, we doing just the organization. That's it. So we will pick you up, pick up uh, from. Uh, I mean, we will pick up from uh, the patient from the airport, uh, or driver will pick up them, and then we doing a lot of tests, and then in two days we can do the surgery. But this kind of surgery, of course, um, we have to do it many months before, not. Just, I mean, we have questions, we have patients, they ask me, said that, can I come tomorrow or one week later? No, I'm sorry, because, you know, I have to block the room for three months. We have 40 rooms and we organize it one year before or six months, maximum six to one years oh, wow. before the landing surgery. Damn, yeah. this is wild. All right, li yeah. livelifetaller.com, Sadat, Sadat yeah. Ilhan, I said it right properly. Yeah, Sadat Ilhan, that's true. Yeah. Um, do you guys think you're going to have a lot of competitors moving forward? Is this something where the price is going to come down in the future? Um, the problem is, uh, you know, the financial worldwide financial situation is a big problem right now. So, and uh, I think no. So, but I hopefully we can keep the price, and uh, it depends also on the United States, especially for the precise. But the most important thing is not the price, to be honest, because you know, we say always, it's your legs. So, and if something is happening, if you lose your legs, you can never buy your legs with any currency in the world. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, we provide uh, the surgery, we provide knowledge, uh, we provide a special team, uh, accommodation, daily visits, daily uh, care, you know what I mean, medication, nutrition, and everything, the best technology. And also the biggest thing is the complication. When a patient have a complication, even that is included. So um, not the surgery is a problem because limb lengthening surgery is really different than other surgeries. I think our price quality is uh, really good. Was it, is this how you saw your life turning out? Did you ever think that you would go into this when you were younger? Or did you just kind of, I, I'm just, is this, is this line of work something that you thought you would end up in? Or what did you, what did you think you would do when you were younger? 
Um, I regret one decision because I did my surgery when I was 26 years old. So, and you know, uh, when I can uh, get back the time, you know, so I definitely want to do it with 15 or 16. And then I can, before I get married, I can enjoy my life as much as I can. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then, yes, you know, I definitely, yes. Uh, we have patients 15, 16 years old. And I'm a little bit jealous, to be honest, when I see that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, livelifetaller.com. You can also follow them on Instagram. They've got a YouTube channel. You can contact them if you want to be taller. Thank you for your time. This has been uh, enlightening, is what I will say. Thank you. Thank you, by the way. Thank you also for uh, uh, this meeting and thank you for your time, guys. Yes, if you have any question or again, I'm open for it. No problem. Okay. Awesome. Thank Thanks so, so much, much, man. Take care. This is the end of my interview with my fiance, Sadat Ilhan. I do. I'm available to get married <laughs> <laughs> if you are too. And that woman he was talking to the whole time. I won't sit in on your podcast interviews in the corner and watch you. I have things to do. So that might be something you're interested in, sir. Or I could just uh, get married to Dr. Halil Buldu. Bro, he's already married too, I guess. Guys in the Middle East, they love this bad fashion. Do you see this? <laughs> it's just a shirt. It's just that Euro trash influence fashion. LiveLifeTaller.com for your surgery. Anywho, hope you enjoyed the interview. If you guys want a bonus episode, patreon.com slash unmentionable podcast. We're going to do a big bonus episode, talk about a bunch of things that are on my mind. Some funny, funny stuff. Join us, patreon.com slash unmentionable podcast. Some people ask me, how do I get the app? You go to your app store, type in Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I don't know how I can make it easier. I really don't know. Google Play Store, I guess, if you have an Android patreon.com slash unmentionable podcast support the show if not i'll see you when i'm back from mexico next week bye